You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works, Volume 158 by Rudolf Steiner, uh, entitled Our Connection with the Elemental World. The full title here is Kalevala, Olaf Astesen, The Russian People, The World as the Result of Balancing Influences. And I am now in a kind of the part on Olaf Astesen. I am calling this uh, Lecture 7. It is, in fact, an address, a New Year festival, Hanover, the 1st of January, 1912, translated by Simon Blacksland Delang. The Dream Song of Olaf Astesen The so-called Dream Song, which will be recited shortly, needs to be prefaced by a few preliminary remarks. A few days ago I mentioned this Dream Song in a Christmas lecture that I gave here. I was able to say on that occasion that the fixing of the Christmas festival in the course of the year is not some kind of intellectual construct, but that it has arisen from quite specific inner processes which can occur in the human soul, when, as the highest fruit of its inner strivings, it attains to clairvoyant visions, either through certain naturally available forces or through trained seership. We can gain a clear understanding of what the human soul may actually experience in such a situation if we consider the following thoughts. Everything that finds expression in the sprouting and blossoming of plants, all that the light and warmth of the sun conjure forth in spring and bring to full maturity through the summer, all this is fading into a wintry sleep, a wintry darkness at the time appointed for the Christmas festival by the historical consciousness of mankind. The time when the Christmas festival takes place is like a period of sleep, of darkness for the beings of nature. The situation with regard to the human soul is the opposite of what it is for outer nature. Whereas the beings of nature descend into the darkness and the human soul accompanies them into this domain where the light of the sun is obscured, it becomes lighter in the human soul, or at any rate it can become so. It is possible for the soul either quite naturally through a certain inherited form of clairvoyance, to which I have often referred, or by means of trained seership, to penetrate into the full light of the spiritual world where the mysteries of the spirit that lie hidden behind the outward phenomena of the senses may be revealed to it. And just as this descent of the plant world around the time of nature's wintry path is in accordance with the regular law, so does a similar law also underlie the spiritual blossoming of human beings, with the result that this inner radiance coincides with the darkness of the natural world at the time appointed for the Christmas festival. Now it might appear that such things are being said purely out of a modern faculty of trained clairvoyance, or, as our opponents might say, out of sheer fantasy. On the other hand, What human beings and popular cultures actually experience outwardly represents a fully valid, living proof of what is being said. 
I therefore found it extremely interesting that having spoken for many years within our movement about this Christmas quality of seership, when the soul is most deeply immersed in clairvoyance, which leads us to an understanding of the true significance of the Christ, I was made acquainted with a remarkable vision living amongst our dear friends in Norway, where I was at the time giving a cycle of lectures. Indeed, anyone who is familiar with such things will say at once that it is reminiscent of many similar visions that have always lived amongst Germanic peoples, and of what many people have seen clairvoyantly during the thirteen nights from Christmas Eve until the Feast of Epiphany on 6 January. At such a time the human soul can behold the spiritual world, where it sees what its own destiny will be in a disembodied state when it is passing through Kamaloka. And it then becomes clear to the soul how a relationship is established between the higher spiritual worlds and the deeds of human beings here on the earth. It is moreover interesting that the being who is the subject of this dream song and to whom these visions in this northern region are ascribed is a person who bears the name Olaf Astason. According to the legend, in the course of these thirteen nights he underwent in a kind of clairvoyant experience what people in the north are able to experience in their particular way as a vision. He experienced initially how human deeds are metamorphosed when someone has passed through the gate of death. But he also experienced how the Christ being becomes involved with the journey of the disembodied soul and how Christ Jesus in his office as judge, who appears beside the old judge of the world, the so-called countenance of Jehovah, the archangel Michael, has his part to play in the Nordic understanding of life after death. Thus the penetration of Christianity into the northern lands can be discerned alongside everything else that appears to Olaf Astason's clairvoyant consciousness, and everything becomes clear to him at the time of the festival of Jesus' birth during the thirteen nights through which he slept. To what consciousness does this become clear? Now, it is remarkable that this is indicated to us already in the name which evidently in the north originally signified a human consciousness that is inherited from the ancestors. Olaf is rightly called Olaf when the ancient clairvoyant consciousness of his ancestors reawakens within him. The one who inherits his consciousness, his inner being, from his ancestors, this is what is contained in the name Olaf. And Asta means love the love that is transmitted in the blood from generation to generation. This son of love, Astason, is Olaf, the consciousness that has from the time of the old clairvoyance been transmitted from generation to generation as the ancestral heritage in a re resurrected form. Olaf, who was born with this clairvoyant consciousness, recognizes the destiny of the human soul while at the same time beholding the intervention of that being whose entry into earthly existence we celebrate in the festival of the birth of Jesus. It is remarkable that whereas there is no doubt that such visions were widely experienced, 
especially in Germanic countries, this dream song seems to have been forgotten. For in 1850 a clergyman named Landstadt began to collect folk songs in Telemark, a lonely mountain valley where few people were living at that time. And among the many other folk songs he found still vitally alive in the folk memory, how long or from what time he did not know, the song of Olaf Astason, who during the thirteen nights has seen the destiny of the human soul after it has passed through the gate of death and the entry of Christ Jesus into world history. He did not know when this song of initiation had emerged from the culture of these people, for it was living amongst them and was constantly being recited in association with a particular musical mood. The few people living in that lonely valley took great delight in it, and then it came to Landstadt's attention, speaking to him of the secrets that it imparted from the very soul of the people about initiation in olden times. Thus it survived until Landstadt discovered it still living in the folk memory. Of course, many people believe that the dream song is about St. Olaf, who introduced Christianity in A.D. 1030, and whose mother was called Asta, or love. This is the case with much that is both historical and spiritual in origin. Moreover, it is interesting that this dream song spread rapidly amongst large numbers of Nordic peoples and lives in the hearts of the people of Norway. Indeed, there is a powerful movement in Norway toward bringing ancient times to life in a renewed way, including rekindling interest in the old northern language which has an affinity to ancient Germanic languages, as distinct from the more recent Danish language. Now, this song is in a language which is reminiscent of the oldest language still surviving in that region, and it speaks directly to the hearts of those who have a particular wish to revive their cultural past. And in the last ten to fifteen years, it has not only touched their hearts, but has also entered into their schools. Thus, wherever people awaken to these old folk mysteries, one finds them singing or reciting this dream song of Olaf Astason, who in the thirteen nights, from Christmas until 6 January, was initiated as a result of natural forces into the sacred mysteries of mankind. It is for these reasons that we would therefore like to present this dream song of Olaf Astason to you. Fräulein von Sievers will recite it. I have made a provisional attempt to prepare a version that can be recited in German. Now that Frau Lindholm has helped me by rendering into German the distinctive language in which the song lives and continues to live as a kind of folk song. So, now we shall hear it in this provisional form that I have been able to give it in the course of these few days. The Dream Song of Olaf Astesen Hearken all, a song I have to sing, the song of a wondrous youth. I'll sing of Olaf Astesen, who slept so long asleep. Yea, Olaf Astesen it was, who slept asleep so long, so deep. He lay him down on Christmas Eve and fell in a slumber deep. He woke not till the thirteenth day when folk to church did go. Yea, Olaf Astesen it was, who slept asleep so long, so deep. 
He lay him down on Christmas Eve and slept so soundly and so long. He woke not till the thirteenth day, when little birds did spread their wings. Yea, Olaf Asta's son it was, who slept asleep so long, so deep. He woke not till on the thirteenth day the sun did shine upon the hills, then saddled he his nimble steed, and swiftly rode unto the church. Yea, Olaf Asterson it was, who slept asleep so long, so deep. There the priest before the altar stood the word of God proclaiming. Olaf sat by the church door and told his many dreams. Yea, Olaf Asterson it was, who slept asleep so long, so deep. All the folk, old and young, thereto lent eager ear and gave good heed. Then did Olaf Asterson relate to them his dream. Yea, Olaf Asterson it was, who slept asleep so long, so deep. I laid me down on Christmas Eve, deep sleep upon me fell, and wakened not till the thirteenth day when folk to church did go. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the ways did stretch. Lo, I have been in cloud-wrapped heights and deep in ocean depths, and whosoe'er will follow me, no laughter make glad his lips. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the ways did stretch. Lo, I have been in cloud-wrapped heights and deep in miry sloughs, and I have seen the blaze of hell and one part seen of heaven. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the waste did stretch. I fared forth o'er the holy stream and over valleys deep, but waters heard I, but saw them not, where deep beneath earth they run. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the waste did stretch. He did not neigh, my coal-black steed, my hound he did not bark. The bird of morning did not sing, or all the self-same wonder lay. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the ways did stretch. With sense enchanted forth I fared across the thorn-clad heath. My scarlet mantle was all torn, and e'en the nails on my feet. The moon shone brightly, and Far ahead the ways did stretch. I came unto the Gyalar bridge That hangs in the wind on high. T'was covered over with rich red gold And pointed nails in each bar. The moon shone brightly, And far ahead the ways did stretch. The serpent stings, the hound he bites, The bull he bars the way. Three creatures of the bridge are they, Of fearful crooked mane are they. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the ways did stretch. The hound he bites, the serpent stings, the bull sets to his horns. They suffer none to cross the bridge, who falsely have their fellows judged. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the ways did stretch. I wandered on across the bridge, a narrow giddy path. I had to wade into the mire. But far behind me now it lies. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the ways did stretch. I had to wade into the mire, my feet no bottom found, and so I passed o'er the Gyalar bridge, the dust of death in my mouth. The moon shone brightly, and far ahead the ways did stretch. 
So came I to those waters there where ice burned with flames of blue. But God did put it in my heart to turn me away therefrom. The moon shone bright, and far ahead the waste did stretch. So went I on the winter way that lay at my right hand, and lo, I saw their paradise, the light spread o'er all that land. The moon shone bright, and far ahead the waste did stretch. God's holy mother there I saw, no wonder could be more fair. To Brooksvalen now wend thy way where justice awaits man's soul. The moon shone bright, and far ahead the ways did stretch. There was I in the other world, the space of many nights. Only God alone can know how deep was the suffering I saw in Brooksvalen, where justice awaits man's soul. Saw I first an evil man, a boy in his life had he slain. The boy he bare within his arms and walked in the earth to his knee in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Came I then on another man, who wore a cloak of lead, for in earthly life his soul was ever to avarice bound, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Then I came to men who wore a raiment of fiery earth. God grant grace to these poor souls, who moved their neighbor's landmarks in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. There came I to children, too, who stood in glowing coals. God grant grace to their sinning souls, who father and mother have cursed, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. So came I to the house of shame, and which wives stood therein, Lo, they churned, they churned in red blood, a heavy sore task it was, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Hot it is in the gulf of hell, so hot no man could believe. Over a pitchy cauldron they hung and pounded a scoundrel's hide, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Lo, from the north in wild array, there came a horrid crew, Gruta Graubart, rode before with all his turbulent horde in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Yea, they came from out the north, no blacker crew was e'er seen. Gruta Graubart rode before. He rode on a coal-black steed in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Lo, from the south a glorious host came riding in holy calm. At their head St. Michael rode, who stands at Christ's right hand, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Yea, they came from out the south, no nobler host was e'er seen. At their head Michael of all souls, he rode on a snow-white steed, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Came his host from out the south, so great did it seem to me. At their head, Michael of all souls, a horn he held in his hands, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Michael, the guide of souls, he blew a blast on his horn. Now must every soul come forth before the throne of justice, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul.
Trembled then every sinning soul like an aspen leaf in the wind. Not one soul was in that place, but sorely wept for his sins, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. Michael, the guide of souls, then in the balance he weighed, weighed the sins of all the souls, and Christ the Lord at his side, in Brooksvallen, where justice awaits man's soul. How blessed he who, in earth life, unto the poor gives shoes. He can indeed on the thorny heath e'en walk barefoot without harm. Thus speaks the scales, and truth gives tongue on judgment day. How blessed he who in earth life unto the poor gives bread. He feareth not in spirit world the fearful baying of the hound. Thus speak the scales, and truth gives tongue on judgment day. How blessed he who in earth life unto the poor gives corn, he fears not on the Gyalar bridge to meet the bull's sharp horn. Thus speak the scales, and truth gives tongue on judgment day. How blessed he who in earth life unto the poor gives clothes, he feareth not in spirit world that frozen desert waste of ice. Thus speaks the scales, and truth gives tongue on judgment day. Thus all the folk, old and young thereto, lent eager ear and gave good heed. There stands Olaf Astason. Now has he told them all his dream. O Olaf Astason, awake, awake, for thou hast slept so long. The end of Part 7